0: As you know, still today, there are a number of locations in um, the Atlantic provinces without power. Uh, But all the schools are reopening, but a week later, I mean, the destruction and the damage in the Maritimes because of Fiona, as you know, was uh, catastrophic. A number of homes simply just don't exist anymore. They were swept into the ocean. And then you take a look at what happened with Hurricane Ian. Uh, in the United States. And before that, both these hurricanes, uh, Fiona battered um, Puerto Rico and Ian battered Cuba and then spread up to Florida. And you've seen the pictures about what happened in Florida, just catastrophic damage being done there. So uh, we're now starting to learn more and more about real estate and uh, planners and developers and all kinds of people involved with real estate saying, okay, we got to start rethinking some things here. Um, clearly these things are happening more, they're getting more powerful and it's costing us a ton of money. There's got to be some thought to how we're doing this. So to help us walk through what we are seeing, we're going to chat now with Jason Thistlethwaite, who's an expert in climate adaptation at the University of Waterloo. Jason, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's that adaptation, right? That's what we're talking about. It's a realization that, okay, uh, conditions have changed. We're going to have to change to we need to adapt.
1: Yeah, when we hear about climate change in Canada, you mostly hear about mitigation. That is the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions that are causing climate change. What you tend not to hear about are the steps we need to take as communities... Uh, to protect our well-being from the physical risks or the changing environment around us from climate change and that's what climate change adaptation involves.
0: Yeah, and and, and I think, you know, what can what steps have been taken? Uh, are we uh, we've been working I mean, it's not like all of this is completely brand new. We've seen this trend for a while now. So, what kind of steps have already been taken in Canada?
1: Right. So, I'd say that Mostly the steps that we're seeing uh, begin at the local level, and that's with municipalities developing climate change adaptation plans. These plans will um, generate some awareness on how climate change is likely to affect the local community. Um, you know, Alberta and BC, for instance, have been hit by, you know, this is ground zero for natural disasters of the last few years in Canada, with now Atlantic Canada unfortunately giving. Uh, giving it a bit of a run for its Mm -hmm. money. But those communities will look at things like wildfire risk, flood risk, uh, and then uh, the plans will develop a range of strategies or interventions that would seek to reduce those risks. The unfortunate thing is those plans are just that at this point. Uh, They don't have the resources to actually go ahead and uh, implement or fund the changes we need, which would actually be things like, in the case of flooding, investing in uh, diking systems or burning systems that would protect Uh, low-lying areas. It might mean investing in uh, stormwater infrastructure or underground retention ponds and tanks that absorb uh, extreme uh, rain events. In the case of wildfire, it it might be uh, relocating out of wildfire interface zones. So um, Canada for the most part at this point is still at the sort of planning, strategizing stage and and really has not put as much resources or priority uh, into the actual implementation that we need.
0: I mean, based on what we've seen just in the last week, obviously, the, we're behind the curve. I mean, it's already happening. So uh, what what kind of things have been done in the past? Uh, like, could it have been worse, I guess is, a, is the way I'm very poorly asking this question. Could it have been worse if we hadn't taken some steps either in Florida or in the maritime provinces of Canada? Or was this just basically we're, we're just going to see how it goes and now we're going to try and address something down the road?
1: Oh, absolutely, it could have been worse. I think this is an important point to remember. The textbook for how we adapt is is fairly well-known. We actually know all the solutions for how to do this. So just give you a quick example of of one thing that prevented a lot of damage, and that is modern building codes. Um, You know, there were, for instance, new builds in Florida that withstood uh, a lot more of Hurricane Ian's wrath than the the older structures. And I'm sure there are similar outcomes uh, in Atlantic Canada as well, right? But, you know, but where we're behind... um, are things like critical infrastructure. So, power being out for as long as it is, I mean, you know, we're a, a developed country. I mean, it, it, to a certain extent, it's somewhat inexcusable that we're, that we're not, that we don't have our infrastructure better adapted to. Uh, withstand uh, the types of extremes that we're seeing. And it's a fairly simple solution with how you keep the power on and it's you bury the infrastructure, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's not exposed to, you know, and most new developments in Canada, they bury the infrastructure. So we should be looking at places like PEI and elsewhere where we have this sort of legacy, older built infrastructure that we know is going to be exposed to things like hurricanes and, and actually put, you know, put our money where our mouth is and, and, and bury that type of stuff.
0: Yeah, so it's not necessarily new builds, things like that. We also got to retrofit a bunch of stuff that's already there and sort of strengthen it
1: and in some cases we may be looking at not uh, with existing builds not just uh strengthening or defending it but but seeking other locations uh to develop or or the strategy that's broadly known as strategic relocation so this would be recognizing an area that where recurring risk is continually happening so um a, a place would be like gatineau quebec which in 2017 and 2019 saw devastating flooding and in that community, the province and the community decided that the, the benefits of allowing people to continue to live in a particular area exceed the cost of the government purchasing those properties as an incentive to relocate elsewhere. Uh, so this is something that in the worst, sorry, it's a worst case scenario situations that we're starting to see a lot of communities in Canada consider.
0: And you know what? I mean, we, we were. A lot of people focus on, oh, it's going to cost so much, it's so much, blah, blah. blah. But there's also an upside, right? I imagine if you're a community that's really forward-thinking and you're doing a lot of the things to try and adapt and mitigate some of the damage that might be done, uh, it makes your location more attractive in these changing times.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the the demand, uh, we're going to see such significant demand in the future from um, flows of climate migrants from locations where really just climates are untenable. You know, A good example of this could be the U.S. southwest where you see uh, heat just just increase to incredible levels where uh, there were issues around drought. Uh, and so that's going to lead people to seek uh, other places to live. And the one benefit we do have in Canada is is we have some temperate climates in some areas. Um, whether it's around the Great Lakes or, or um, in, in Alberta and in British Columbia and west, we, we do have some climates that, that are uh, are going to be more uh, resilient to this. So there, there's going to be demand for climate resilient communities, um, and if your community is struggling to get back on electricity after you know uh, two weeks, that, that that is not an example of the resiliency that we're going to need uh, for opportunity. So you know. Um, Property owners, they they are, or property buyers, you know, they are the marketplace, and other bigger investors are going to be looking at those signals as well. So I think it's important that um, when we talk about climate change, that we understand that, there's, that if we do it right, there's a potential to turn this from a risk into an opportunity.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Jason, great conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate the time this morning. That's Jason Thistlethwaite, who is an expert in climate adaptation at the University of Waterloo, and uh, I think he's right. And I think there's all kinds of talk about that. Imagine being an insurer. Um, what, what's going to be the limitations, the restrictions, the cost of somebody in Florida, trying to get insurance for their home built along the coast. I don't like your chances. And you know, now you're going to have to take a look at the Maritimes as well. Right. And what happened there.